Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, March the 12th in 2021 on When Our Eyes. We're in year B of the Revised Common Lectionary and the fourth Sunday in Lent. We're going to wrap up this week's readings with the gospel text for the week. We like to cover the gospel on Friday. I mean, Friday's the day that everyone looks forward to, and I hope that y'all as followers of Jesus look forward to the gospels and uh, discovering the teaching and the life of Christ. And so we're going to be like in a familiar, 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 uber familiar passage today. John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. So I'm going to read that passage, provide a couple points to reflect on as we turn to a time of prayer this morning. Thanks for making this party of morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. The one who believes in him will not be condemned. The one who does not believe has been condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Now this is the basis for judging, that the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil deeds hates the light, does not come to the light, so that their deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light, so that it may be plainly evident that his deeds have been done in God. This is the word of God for us. Earlier this week on Monday, we looked at the Old Testament text in the book of Numbers that this text alludes to. Remember the story of when poisonous snakes came in among the people as they're wandering through the wilderness. And uh, because of their grumbling and complaining against God, so these poisonous snakes come among them. And Moses intercedes and God gives an answer. He's like, I want you to take a snake. I want you to put it up on a pole, a bronze snake, a copper snake, whatever. And when anybody is bitten by one of these venomous snakes, they could take a look at the snake lifted up and they'll be rescued from their pain. They'll be healed. So Jesus uses this. This is once again at the tail end of a conversation with a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a teacher of the law. For all intents and purposes, this guy's done all the right stuff. Like he's studied well. He's got a heart that's poised towards God. He knows that something's missing in his life. He believes that Jesus has that answer. He knows that he politically can't go visit Jesus in the daytime. So he goes in the middle of the night, which is, I think it's got a double meaning here. It's not just, I'm going in the night so that I can meet with Jesus in secret. But I think John, who uh, seems to use images and metaphors, uses the nighttime as a condition of his soul as well. And this is not a harsh critique of Nicodemus. I mean, don't we all go through what the church fathers and mothers and those who've gone before us call the dark night of the soul, right? And so here is Nicodemus. He wants to know how he could be born again. And he's asking Jesus questions. And so Jesus doesn't give him an answer. He gives him a quest. He says, you're going to see a sign lifted up and you need to go run to that sign because that sign will bring you salvation and bring you light. And then John takes over. There's a great debate among scholars right now whether or not Jesus said John 3.16, the most 
popular verse in all the Bible. Uh, some Bible translations with red letters, right? Like maybe you have a red letter Bible this morning as you're listening. Some will have John 3.16 in red. Some will not. Uh, so it seems like John's taking over here. It seems like Jesus stops in verse 15. And then John picks up and he begins to give comment. He said, this is the way that God has loved the world, that he sent his son, that people would be saved and not perish. And then he says in verse 17 that God's chief intent was not to judge the world, to condemn it, but to claim it as his own. But he does say that there is condemnation. But that condemnation reflect is reflected upon the pasture that someone has when they hear the truth. This is something that John has said from the beginning. He gave this great prologue, this great opening in John 1. He says, Jesus came to those who were his own, but his own did not receive him. But those who did receive him, he gave them the right to be the children of God. And so John's gospel is all about light and dark, belief, rejection. And so John says that if those who stand condemned want to be condemned. They lock the door on God's pursuit. Uh, they want to live in darkness because they don't want to change their deeds because deeds of darkness, well, they, they spread in darkness, right? Because no one can watch them. But if people choose to walk into the light, their faith will lead them to a place of safety and salvation and hope. They will be rescued, much like the people who were rescued by the first copper snake that, were lifted up, that was lifted up as recounted in the book of Numbers chapter 21. I wonder this morning if you and I have a feeling of angst deep within our souls. We need to be rescued by something. We've had a lifetime of being owned by something. Maybe it's a quick temper. Uh, maybe it's that we just can't help but gossip, right? And the gossip got around, somebody heard about it, and they confronted us when they heard what we said about them in secret, and man, did we feel small. For some of us, it's materialism or possessions. For some of us, uh, there's just other passions that are just running rampant in our souls, and we're owned by it. And we sit in darkness because of it, because we're so ashamed, right? Well, the shape of salvation, the shape of God's work in our life, is to come out in the open. And it is to come before God and say, God, help me in this area, which is the posture of Lent. Lent is a season of repentance. It's a season of laying low uh, in that we know that we need God's help. We confess that our, our pride has gotten us in trouble. We know we can't um, get there on our own effort. And so we need God to stand in and rescue us. And so may you and I be welcome to the rescue of God. That rescue happens in the light, just like the people of Israel who needed to look up to a copper snake, even though they may have found it ridiculous. Maybe they didn't know if it would work or not, but they had to. There was a response, and that response brought salvation. There is no doubt that God has worked in every single heart of every single person who's listening to this podcast this morning. The question that hangs in the balance, what is unknown, is how we respond. And so, brother and sister in Christ, I pray that we would respond to God's grace, grace and his mercy, that we would be embraced by it, and that we would know that we could start over and find life therein. So let me pray for us to be the ones who walk over to the door or the place where the light switch is on and to dare to turn on the light so that God can work in our hearts. Let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that with you there is safety. We thank you that with you there is love. We thank you that we meditate on this great truth that, God, you love this whole world and you gave your Son for it. And because your main motive of operation with the world is to save it and not to condemn it. 
God, we thank you that uh, you give us a choice. Uh, you move in our hearts, and then we seek to respond. And so, God, today I pray that you would find eager hearts. I pray that you would not find hearts that easily turn away from you. I pray you'd find hearts among us this morning that are eager to embrace you. So, God, we thank you that uh, you move first. You uh, illuminate our hearts to want to conceive you, to want to know you. And so we thank you for that gift of grace. And so, God, may we respond with our faith today. So, God, I pray that you would help us in our unbelief, the things that stop us, God, those things that have caused us to tremble, the things that have caused us to cower in shame. I pray that this would be their last day. I pray that you'd be able, with your power, to send those things away so that we could be reborn and that we could start over and we could be made new. I pray that there might be a, a power that rises up within us, a boldness, a a tenacity, a zeal that faces this day with a new set of eyes that is a faith-filled optimism. And I pray that that would cause us to run upon the heights, as your word says, to know that we've been victorious because of what Jesus has done for us. I thank you for that great passage in Revelation, which says we can overcome because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I thank you that Jesus, you've laid down your life freely for us. So maybe it were, may it be the word of our testimony that we've trusted in you and because of that, we've overcome the world. So God, we love you. Allow us to face this day with hearts filled with faith and love and kindness for the world around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.